0: Welcome back to the With Ross podcast. Another travel episode for you. This one was to Vancouver and Whistler, Canada. It was just a quick, about 96-hour trip over a weekend, a long weekend. And it was pretty boring, all things considered. I mean, traveling to Canada is just like traveling to another state in the U.S. But I'm going to tell you about the experience. It's always interesting to hear, like, what is it like to travel right now? What is... What are the COVID policies? What are the exchange rates? You know, what is it like getting around? So I'm gonna tell you about it. The flight was uneventful, flew from Austin to San Francisco, San Francisco to Whistler, or Vancouver rather, YVR airport. And at the time of recording this, you have to complete the Arrive Can app. It's just an app that you download on the Google Play or Apple store. And then you have to fill it out 72 hours prior to arriving in Canada. And what it asks for is some basic information, you know, passport number, name, birth date, and then it asks for vaccine information. When were you vaccinated? Well, first of all, are you fully vaccinated? And then when were you vaccinated? Which vaccines did you get? There's only certain ones that are approved. All the All the US and Western ones, of course, are on the approved list. And so you just, you fill that information out, you let them know that you're good to go. And then it generates a QR code, which gets scanned. Once you arrive in Canada, you just scan it at the the kiosk there at customs. If you're unvaccinated, then they have a separate policy. You have to do a pre-entry COVID test prior to boarding your flight. And then you may be subject to quarantines and, and more tests when you arrive. And uh, one thing, one interesting thing to note is that masks are still required in the airport, on the flight. We had to, to even board the flight. You had to put a mask on, which is no longer required for American flights within American airspace. Um, but masks are enforced in government buildings, airports, et cetera, in Canada. Upon arrival in Vancouver, um, Pretty simple, pretty normal. It's it's almost treated like a domestic flight. Like like I said, it's basically another state. It's just it was so easy. You walk through the airport. Vancouver Airport is I like it. It's it's nice. It's big. And then you get to the um, trains. There's excellent public transportation. A lot of options, buses, trains, etc. To take you downtown. You just, you can stop at a little kiosk. You can buy a Compass card, which is their pass. So you can get a little plastic card that you can reload or you can get a, a day pass and we went for the day pass, which was about sixteen dollars Canadian. And to to give you the exchange rate, one Canadian dollar at the time of this recording is about seventy-eight cents US. Or said differently, one US dollar is about a dollar twenty-nine Canadian. So the, the compass card, like I said, about sixteen dollars Canadian, about $12.50 American. So we got the all day pass, took the bus down to our, the place that we were staying at. We used a uh, booking.com, got a really nice place, pretty affordable. And then um, just went out and walked around. Stayed, we were in East Vancouver. We took the train um, downtown after we checked into our, our Airbnb, whatever you want to call it, booking place. Walked around the waterfront all the way up to Stanley Park, which is in West Vancouver. Walked around, walked on the seawall, just kind of people watched, and then we took a bus back to the Airbnb. And I gotta say, the weather was perfect the whole time. It was like, if not a little cold at night, got down to like the maybe high 50s, low 60s, but really nice, sunny, clear, high 70s during the day. And uh, it's worth pointing out because in the Pacific Northwest, as many people listening to this know, you only have a tiny window of good weather every year, like measured in weeks. <laughs> so, so we were really lucky to be traveling in July and it was very pleasant to just walk around. And everyone, all the locals are out in their t-shirt or you know, shirts off, shorts, flip-flops. It's like, it's like a sunny, <laughs> it's like a rare day when that can happen. So pretty good timing. One striking observation about Vancouver is how diverse the people are. Everywhere you walk, there was different languages, like languages I hadn't even heard before. And and you might hear 10 different languages within one block. And I find that awesome. I love that. I think that is so important. And it's there's other places I've experienced that. Washington, D.C., New York. But, um, yeah, it's just it's a good feeling when you, when you see a lot of different people cooperating and, and living in a, a nice, peaceful society like that. And everywhere you go, restaurants of all different types, Indian, Chinese, Mexican, whatever you want, Vancouver has it. And once we were in Whistler... Almost all the employees were British, Irish, Kiwi, or Australian. And part of the reason for that is that Canada has a working holiday visa, which is open to, to people from those countries, as well as Japan and Korea. And it's a one to two years visa in which you can live and work in Canada. And generally, you must be 30 years or younger in order to use it. So it's meant for young people. And it's kind of like a gap year. It's a where you can just work and live in Canada during that time. US, the U.S. does not have an equivalent program to that, which is unfortunate. Australia does. Actually, I think all of those countries do, which is why Canadians take them. Can, there? You Americans do not qualify for that program in Canada because the U.S. does not have a reciprocal program. So anyways, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about the immigration situation in Canada. There was a post that I found from the Canadian government dated 23 December, 2021. The title is in 2021, Canada welcomed 401,000 new permanent residents, the most in its history. Now, Canada has a population of 38 million people. So it's a significant amount In, in absolute numbers. I think it's less than the US takes in, but in populi- in percentage numbers, it's huge, 400,000 people in a year. And Canada has plans to continue expanding the amount of immigrants that it takes in. So this article that they posted, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes, opens with, with the significant exception of indigenous people, all Canadians originally come from somewhere else. I think that's a beautiful sentence. And and. True of the U.S. as well, but something that a lot of people don't think about enough. The article goes on and says, Immigration accounts for almost 100% of Canada's labor force growth. Roughly 75% of Canada's population growth comes from immigration, mostly in the economic category. By 2036, Immigrants will represent up to 30% of Canada's population, compared with 20.7% in 2011. Immigration addresses labor shortages in key sectors, such as health care. Immigrants make up 37% of pharmacists, 36% of physicians, 39% of dentists, 23% of registered nurses, and 35% percent of nurse aides and related occupations. The economic and fiscal update proposes new measures to support a robust and resilient recovery, including an $85 million investment to reduce backlogs in Canada's immigration system, speed up the process of citizenship, reunite families, and welcome people who can help address Canada's labor shortages. So I think Canada, from what I can tell, is ahead of the curve with immigration. I've said it before in previous episodes, the successful countries of the future are those who welcome and integrate foreigners the best. And it seems to be going very well in Canada. And as of this recording related to that, Canada has taken in 55,000 Ukrainian refugees with further applications for another 264,000 refugees who will be coming in the coming months. And I'll post a link to that source as well. So I'm bullish on Canada and any country that embraces immigration to this, this extent, I think. And Canada is, is especially unique because they have so much room. By land, it's the second biggest country in the world. So they have a ton of room to spread out. And it's a, uh, it's a culture that's, that's well-suited to folding in others I really like it. So after our night in Vancouver, night we arrived, the morning after, we took the Lynx shuttle. Lynx is Lynx or Sky Lynx is the name of the company. Took the shuttle up to Whistler. Really nice bus, really comfortable ride. Cost about $19 Canadian, which is about $15 US for a three-hour ride. It was on the ski, the, excuse me, the Sea to Sky Highway, which is a really beautiful Road, goes through the mountains, goes along the water the whole way. Stunning views throughout. And the highway was really nice. They, they fixed it up, put a bunch of money into it for the Winter Olympics to shuttle all the people and athletes from Vancouver to Whistler to, to get to the ski slopes and the various events that were happening there. One interesting thing is while you're on the highway, all the signs on the road are in English and Squamish. Squamish is the local indigenous language of the, the people who were there before, before the British. So that's interesting, is the level to which they've embraced their, uh, their native populations. And you see it, there's native artwork all over the place and all sorts of influence from the Squamish people there. Upon arrival in Whistler Village, I had never been before. It's a really, really cool place. It's really small. There's a lot of shops and it's it's a fairly touristy place, but it's it's unique in that like right in the village is the chairlifts. You can just you walk two minutes from your hotel and you're on the gondola to either ride up to the top of the mountain and sightsee and go to the bars up there or Take your mountain bike up there, or obviously in the winter to go skiing. So that was really cool to see and and really fun. I didn't end up going up there, but some other time in the future, I could I could see myself making a ski trip. And uh, yeah, just just a small, very walkable on the outskirts of the Whistler Village. There's bike paths going all over, and uh, no need to have a car there whatsoever. Everything is just so close so convenient. And I went to a wedding. That was the purpose of this trip. I don't know if I mentioned that. Went to a wedding um, just outside of Whistler Village. And so that was really nice, really fun event. Really fun to see my friends from college and hang out with people that I hadn't seen in a while. And it was an absolute blast of a wedding. Next morning, woke up, got brunch, and then went back to the bus terminal, took the the Skylynx, the same shuttle I mentioned before. Took it back. To Vancouver. Once, once back in Vancouver, tried a great Chinese restaurant place called Victoria Chinese. Highly recommend it if you're ever in, in Vancouver. And then just spent the evening walking around. Went to the George Wainburn Park, which has some beautiful fountains, water features, and views of the marina. And then from there, just walked along the boardwalk and then through Yale town. Yale town's this this cool little nightlife area where the streets closed off and you got some restaurants with outdoor seating, some bars, music. It's just a really nice vibe. There's some, you know, lights going over the the whole scene. It's a really nice place, Yale town. Then the following morning, last morning in Vancouver, we went to the Granville Public Market, which is on Granville Island and it's just an island southwest of the downtown of Vancouver. And you just took a take a little ferry there. It's like 5 US dollars for a round trip ticket. And uh it's very short. It just crosses the little river which is called False Creek. So it's like a 3 minute ride. You get out, you walk around. It's a it's a big market. They got, you know, all sorts of different restaurants, lots of seafood. So we got some we got some seafood for brunch and then some Gelato, some coffee, it's really nice. Went to a souvenir shop, took the ferry back, hopped on the train, back to the airport to fly out. The interesting thing about the airport, I don't know if this is true of all Canadian international airports, but at least the YVR Vancouver one, there's a special terminal just for US bound flights. So customs is handled within the Canadian airport. So we, we go through the line. Um, when you get to the kiosks, it says, welcome to the US on it. You're still in Canadian soil, but it says, welcome to the US. Um, it, was, it took a long time. It was like 45 minutes or an hour just to, to get up to customs. But um, I just thought that was interesting that it's all handled there. And then when you fly in, we arrived at a domestic terminal And uh, it was all very easy. No problems there. So, yeah, it was a fun trip. Canada's great. But it's nothing exotic. You know, there's nothing super unique to an American. (laughs) But it was fun. It's a fun time. And it's a beautiful country. Thanks for listening. Bye.